to the Prophecy Club. Well, I'm going to be at the Crusade August 29 through August 6, so obviously I can't be out making radio programs. So I did this radio program in advance as a guest on another radio program, so I'm going to cut this up into several programs and play this for you while I am at the Crusade. And it's talking about my new book, How Pre-Trib Won, and the subtitle is How the Lie Beat the Truth and the people would have it so. How pre-trib one. How the lie beat the truth, and the people would have it so. Now I'm going to go ahead and go to me being interviewed in this radio program. That he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed to a little season. Well, what he does is he gathers Gog and Magog, the number of whom is as the sand of the season, uh, sand of the sea, and he gathers them that come down and attack the beloved city, and uh, the, the nations the nations attack them, and fire from God out of heaven devours them. That's the morning star. So that's what happens to the nations. So if you don't understand that there is a group of people, the Bible calls the nation. If you don't understand that they're there, then you can't put some of these things together. Now let's go to a little bit more. I'm going to skip part of this here for time. So let's go to talk about more about what an overcomer is. The definition of an overcomer, according to Revelation, is different from what the New Testament definition is. Because the New Testament is talking about how we overcome the world, whereas Revelation specifically is talking about the tribulation. Yes, it talks about some other things, but it is specifically referring to the tribulation in the last seven years. So while Revelation does not directly say what I'm about to say, indirectly it is referring to an overcomer as one that sees and hears the beast but refuses to worship him, his image, is take his mark, name, and number. The overcomer is one of the most blessed in all of eternity. Why? Because we are about to go through the greatest test in human history. Yeah, it's been tough for Christians from time to time here or there, but they've never had to face the Antichrist, the beast, face to face. And he's given a mouth speaking great things. And power is given to him to continue forty and two months, and he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power is given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, slain from the foundation of the world. Meaning, you see that beast? You hear that beast? And if your name is not already in the book of life, you're probably going to take that mark. I'm going to say there's probably 98% of the people alive on the face of the earth, they're going to take that mark easy. They'll take it, no problem. See, Revelation 2.26 tells us, uh, those who become overcomers become rulers in the millennium, keeping the nation from breaking even one of God's laws. So if one of the nations breaks a law, Morningstar shows up, the speed of thought hits them the morning star, destroying body and soul, falls to the ground, pile of ashes and bones. And Psalm 35 says, For his anger endureth but a moment. That's the morning star. In his favor he is life. Weeping he may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Meaning the day of the Lord is only one hour. Excuse me, only one day. Less than 24 hours. Revelation 3.18. I read that one. I'll skip that. Zechariah 13.3. And I will bring the third. I read that one to me. Skip that. Um, Psalm 36, 9. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we shall see light. John seven thirty eight. He that believeth on me, as Scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
And we skip on down here. Let's talk briefly about the start of the tribulation. So what is it that starts the tribulation? Well, Daniel 9.27 says, And in the midst of the week he shall conf- uh, confirm the covenant with many for one week. Well, is that a peace treaty? Yeah, probably, but it didn't say peace treaty. So that's kind of nebulous. That's kind of hard to know when a peace treaty someplace is signed or some agreement. It's kind of hard. But I can tell you this. I believe that when we, if we really want to know when the start of the tribulation is, I believe it is going to be the opening of the first seal, Revelation 6.1. Seven years later, the tribulation concludes on trumpets. So we can assume that it will also start on the Feast of Trumpets. All judgments conclude on trumpets, meaning the seven sealed trumpets of vials all conclude on the same day, the Feast of Trumpets. An audible voice told me the seven seals play over seven years, the seven trumpets play over seven months, and the seven vials play over seven days. So the first seal should open on trumpets, and the first seal is what starts the tribulation. Revelation 6.1. And when I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. Now, there's nothing in the Bible that says that we get to hear that noise of thunder, but I'd like to think that we do. Ken Peters had a dream about 45 years ago in which he lived through the first half of the tribulation. This is what he says about the first opening of the first seal. He said, I heard a long, loud horn honk. It sounded like a car horn from the 1970s. It went around the world, and every ear heard it. Then I saw some, not all, but some of the graves burst open as if they had an explosive device in the casket. He said, it was as if dirt. He said, I actually saw dirt flying. Then he saw people in white robes, like choir robes, briefly stand around the open graves, and then they just vanished. He said, they didn't fly up the air, they simply vanished. Then the electronics all around the globe turned off for about two weeks. Now, I wonder if the resurrection power hitting thousands, hopefully millions of graves all around the earth, all in the same moment, caused the electronics to go out for about two weeks. He said, no one... Uh, no one went in the air. He said he didn't see anyone alive leave the earth. But this is what started the tribulation. There's no scripture that promises any resurrection on the opening of the first seal. But perhaps God knows. Uh, God knows, but perhaps it does. Because on Pentecost, his bride is given a wedding garment. And about four months later on trumpets, we return with Jesus on white horses as part of the armies in heaven when Jesus uses the morning star, the sword of light, to burn his enemies. So we like to think that when that first seal is opened, we'd like to think that whether it's a noise of thunder, whether it's a 1970s car horn, every ear on, on earth hears it and it's long and it's loud, then all of the graves burst open. At that point, at that point, we can start counting. Exactly seven years later, On the Feast of Trumpets, we will see Jesus return for the last and final time. Shannon, you got anything here? Should I go on? Are you enjoying this as I am? This is a powerful teaching. It is meant to wake people up and shake them so that you can get prepared, folks, to endure what's coming and be an overcomer. There are many out there that uh, are in denial tonight. 
folks, many pastors in denial, sadly, they didn't choose to read the word for themselves, but just read the denominational line and repeat it. And when they wake up, it's going to be too late for many of them. Stan, I agree. I'm, you're going to hear something like, Pastor, you told me we would be raptured before trouble came. We're still here. Now I have no food. I'm facing the mark of the beast. You lied. Tribulation is upon us, and I'm not prepared. Why did you lie? Get him. And they're coming after you with pitchforks, folks. There's another class, too, Stan, which is even worse. They're those that are the preterists. They believe that uh, the millennial reign of Christ is right now. There's no tribulation coming. Mark of the beast was back there with Nero. And Revelation's already been fulfilled. And so they believe they're here to live their best lives now. And I have news for you, folks. That was concocted by the Jesuits to protect the Catholic Church. And that's a lie from the pits of hell. And when they wake up, okay, it'll be too late. But most won't, and they're going to take the mark of the beast and be damned to hell. Don't follow these preterists either. This teaching that Stan is bringing tonight needs to be told because there's some of you that will listen and wake up and prepare while you still can. Brother Stan, please continue. Okay. Actually, a lot of what I have been reading tonight, maybe I should say scanning tonight, is coming directly from the book How Pre-Trib Won. So you really... You really, even if you're a post-tripper, you want to get it. Why? Because I think it's going to help you to understand how we arrived at a pre-trib rapture. Because you're going to have a lot of people that are going to start coming to you, and you're going to have to give them an answer. This book is going to help you to give them an answer, and it's going to settle it. Here's the thing. Whether you're pre, mid, post, pre, whatever your position is right now, this will settle it. And things I'm about to cover right now is going to settle it. So... I think I just don't have enough time, and I think it's just, I don't think that I can really get to the point of the secret door. So I'm going to skip the next major chapter, which is on the secret door. And instead, I believe that I can get a long way down the road to where we want to go tonight by just jumping right to chapter 6, the next chapter, which is proof of a post-trib rapture. In other words... Once you've understood some of the critical foundations, what is the morning star, that the fact that the morning star is the wrath, eternity entering into time, who are the nations, what is an overcomer? Now that you understand those critical foundations, I believe as we go through this, I think some lights are going to start going off. I think you're about to start having some explosions in your brain. You're going to say, oh, I see, I see, I see, I see for the first time I see. Because it is such a pleasure to have the question of the rapture settled in your heart. See, it doesn't bother me to be around a pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath. It doesn't bother me a bit. It doesn't bother me to go into some debate with somebody about the rapture. It doesn't bother me a bit. Because it's settled in my heart. I know. I know that I know that I know that I've got the truth. All right, so anyway, chapter 6, proof of a post-trib rapture. So I ask you first so please put aside past understandings of the rapture. I encourage you to put truth foremost and first, truth above all. Isaiah 9.14, Therefore the Lord will cut off from Israel head and tail, branch and rush, in one day. The ancient and honorable, he is the head, here it is, here it is, the prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tail. Hmm. So we have to be real careful to make certain that what we teach, and whether you like it or not, 
you are about to be a teacher. If you listen to this program, God is going to start sending people to you, these scared little rabbits that woke up and they found themselves in a in the tribulation and they aren't prepared. He's going to send them to you. And whether you like it or not, believe it or not, understand it or not, you are about to be a tribulation saint, and you are about to give some answers. Okay, so the next segment is called the Best Old Testament Rapture Verses. So these are the Old Testament. Now, after I give some definitions, I'll show you the best picture. And that first definition is, when are the heavens no more? Well, the heavens are no more when the heavens are dissolved. Eternity enters into time and makes the sky look like it is rolling together as a scroll. We kind of talked about that. Time is no more. The kingdoms of this world are the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. This is the day of the Lord. One evening and morning, when the morning, every mountain falls, every valley is filled in, and there's no more sea. And I give several scriptures for that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip those scriptures because I think we've talked about it. The next thing to get the definition of is the wrath. So what is the full and final wrath of the Lord? The final wrath of the Lord, as discussed earlier, is Jesus returning on trumpets when he uses the morning star to burn the, 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 the tares. And I'm skipping a lot more scriptures here because I think he got that. Then next question is, what is change? Well, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one or 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption enter, inherit incorruption, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. So the topic here is, are those people, so apparently someone asked Paul, are those people that are asleep, uh, are they going to go to Jesus? So we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, and the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So what is change? It is when we change from a mud body to a light body. What is the wrath that is the morning star? When are the heavens no more? On the Feast of Trumpets, when the heaven rolls back like a scroll, and eternity enters into time. Now, with those definitions, let me show you the very best scriptures of the Old Testament for a post-trib rapture. Job fourteen twelve to 14. You might want to write that down. Job fourteen twelve to 14. So man lieth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Now, here's the way the verse would read today in our language, including our definitions. So once man dies, he does not rise until eternity enters time, making the heavens roll back like a scroll, and the dead shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep, until after the burning of the tares and slashing of the grapes be passed. And then give me my glorified eternal body. This matches what is said in the verse, first burn the tares, then burn the gather the wheat. Matthew thirteen thirty. Let both grow together until the harvest. In the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you first the tares, bind them into bundles, cast them into the fire, gather my wheat into the barn. Now let's go to the very best New Testament rapture verses. These are the best three of the New Testament. Now, we need to understand the three woes in order to understand. The first woe is the locusts. 
They sting men for five months, but do not kill them. The second woe is the horsemen who kill one-third of the men by the fire, by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issues out of their mouths. The third woe is frogs. The frogs are the spirits of devils working miracles who gather the sinners or tares into bundles or cities for Jesus to burn them with a morning star at Armageddon. The three frogs are the sixth trumpet, in my opinion. It is blown only a few days before Armageddon, which is the seventh trumpet. The Euphrates dried up to assist the gathering of the tares to attack Israel, which will be their destruction. This is literally a few days before Armageddon, which is the day of the Lord on trumpets, when we gather our rewards, uh, when we get our rewards after the tares are burned. What is here's what provide, or excuse me, here's what proves there is no rapture before this point. As you recall, Jesus warned the believers that he would return as a thief in the night. He was not talking to the tares. He was talking to the wheat. This is a few days before Armageddon. Below Jesus is warning the wheat to keep, to keep watching so they would not lose their garments. Notice in these scriptures, he did not call them wedding garments. Why? Because the wedding is over. The wedding took place four months prior to this on Pentecost. The people who attend the wedding only get wedding garments. But the crowns, mantles, and all remaining rewards are given on trumpets. He is saying, keep watching. All those, quote, alive and remaining, quote, not to lose their blessings, Jesus is warning the believers a few days before he returns on trumpets for Armageddon to continue to watch. Now, here are the very best New Testament post-trib verses. Revelation 16, verses 12 through 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. What's going on? Well, the angels have dried up the Euphrates so that the way of the kings might be prepared. In other words, all of the people that are east of the Euphrates River are going to be marching towards Israel. That's where they're going to meet their Armageddon. That's where Jesus is going to return. So this is him gathering the tares, verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, going forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle. What battle? Oh, that would be Armageddon. To gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, here it is, here it is. I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. You see, the only ones looking for garments, that's the Christians meaning that the Christians are still there. This is the day before Armageddon, and the Christians are still there. Jesus is still warning him, look, I'm about to come. Don't lose your garments. Okay? Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Now, let me read that again explain again. So this is literally the day before Armageddon. This is when the kings of the east are allowed to march into Israel. The angel has dried up the water of the Euphrates, allowing the kings of the east and all of the other people of the world to go down and gather to attack little Israel. This is Armageddon. This is the day before Armageddon. Jesus says to him, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Tares don't have garments. 
<laughs> this is talking to us. This is talking about the Christians. They're still there. The Christians are still there, and here it is. So if there were a pre-trib rapture, there would be no believers remaining to warn the true believers to watch. They would have already gone, been gone, <laughs> right? I know the pre-trib will say Jesus is speaking to those who accepted Christ during the tribulation. I understand that. There are some difficulties with that. See, in the vision given to Maurice Sklar of the courtroom of heaven, he was shown once evil outnumbers the good, then the beast is released into the world. He was shown Jesus was promised that all those whose name is in the book of life, all who are given to Jesus must come to him. Then the beast will be released upon the earth. Indirectly, this is saying that very few people will be saved in the tribulation. There may not be many left alive at, at the end at all. It is the time of Christian extinction, when the beast sends all of those people that have the mark of the beast out to kill all of those who do not have it. Matthew twenty four twenty two. Except those days should be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. John ten seven. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I will give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any, plant, any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, I could go into the next part about how I saw post-trib, but I think I need to take some moments here and explain to you some materials to get. Yay, 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 just trying to make money. Well, you know, nobody memorizes the book of Revelation to make money. <laughs> memorize the book of Revelation because you want to know it. Memorize the book of Revelation because God has directed you. And you memorize the book of Revelation because God wants to use the information in Revelation to win a lot of people to, to Jesus. So I'd like for you to grab a pencil and piece of paper. I want to talk to you briefly about four, well, really five books I suggest you get. The first one, and this is kind of the granddaddy of them all. This is the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. I briefly explained to you. Back in 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. I got 30 Revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. God showed me that the word first fruits is a secret door, linking the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation. When linked for the first time, the end time prophecies of Revelation can be placed in correct chronological order. One prophetic word said, there's a lock I put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you, and it will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. This has sold eh, over 15,000 copies just through our little ministry. That's quite a bit. And so far, I don't know that I've got a complaint. Uh, people really like the book. They really, one for 20, five for 30. But don't, don't do the one for 20. You know, we want you to get several copies. Uh, five for 30, 10 for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. is called Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Everything starts there. You have to understand what's in that book. Then the next thing that happened, so uh, God was laying on my heart to do this, and then my wife Leslie was given a dream, and she was actually shown the front of the book called Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast. And this is where I ask you the questions, what would you do if you had to tell someone the most important thing in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you? Well, hopefully you'd tell them. Okay, so that brings us to the second question. What is the most important thing in the whole world, every beating heart, every person, every age, what's the most important thing in the world? Well, the most important thing to do is to receive Jesus. But the most important thing not to do is do not take the mark of the beast because 
Those people taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but eternal torment in hell. See, there's, uh, as I said earlier, there's four groups of people, but I'm not, not going to talk about the nations right now. I'm just going to call it three groups of people. Keep it simple. There's three groups of people. After all time is concluded, all trophies and rewards have been handed out, there's only three groups of people. Those people whose name is in the book of life who live forever, those people not in the book of life who are tossed into the lake of fire and they get body and soul death. But those people who take or worship the beast or his image, receive his mark, name, or number, they are tossed into the lake of fire and brimstone and tormented day and night forever and ever without soul death. No hope of escape. No exit. Yeah, the Bible does say that. So this book is designed to give you a way to, to tell the people. See, that's the problem. How do you, how do you get, a, get a, a, a conversation started about the mark of the beast? How do you do that? How do you tell them? How do you put yourself off as an expert to explain to them about the mark of the beast? That's why this book exists. It's thin. It's simple. It's easy to read. They can read through the thing very quickly. I gave it to a 16-year-old girl. I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there. My new book, How Pre-Trib Won, is divided into four quadrants. First of all, it answers the question, How Pre-Trib Won? The next quadrant sets the foundations that you'll need to understand the truth about the rapture. The third segment is explaining the post-trib rapture. And the fourth section is 25 pre-trib questions answered. I believe it's going to be the definitive book that is going to finally answer the question about the rapture. Is it pre, mid, or post? It's called How Pre-Trib Won, How the Lie Beat the Truth, and the People Would Have It So. 1 for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. It's a quick read that will finally answer your questions about the rapture. How Pre-Trib Won, 1 for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. Most people agree that the book of Daniel is the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. Tribulation Secrets in Daniel explains the parts of Daniel that us tribulation saints are going to need to know. It exposes the plans of the Antichrist, how to spot the Antichrist, his physical appearance, the sound of his voice, how he rises to power and takes over the world. One for 20, but don't do that. We offer him in shrink wrap sets of 10. 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 1 for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. When a nuclear device is detonated, the wind blows the dust settling on everything around you. Then you breathe, eat, or absorb radioactive iodine, which then kills your thyroid and kills you. A simple fix is to immediately take potassium iodate pills, which flood your thyroid with good iodine, keeping the radioactive iodine out. You need one bottle per person per exposure for everyone from infant to adult. Ten bottles available for a gift of $225 or $25 per bottle at prophecyclub.com. Shelf life from five to eight years, potentially more if you refrigerate or freeze it. That's prophecyclub.com potassium iodate pills. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. I was shown a secret door linking the feasts to the prophecies of Revelation. 
For the first time, the book of Revelation can be put in correct chronological order. You can understand Bible prophecy. 1 for 20, 5 for 30, 10 for 55. What is the most important information to every beating heart on the globe? After except Jesus, it would be, don't take the mark of the beast. Those taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but are tormented in the lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. How do you tell them? Give them, miss the mark. 1 for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40. Over the past 32 years, I've collected the best 101 prophecies from Demetri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, Shane Warren, Terry Bennett, Marie Sklar, Augusto Perez, Doug Metzger, and more. It's called God's Warnings for America. 1 for 20, 5 for 30, 10 for 55. 1 for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Each single Prophecy Club DVD is a gift of $30. In that you know the Internet is going away one day, it is a good idea to actually have the disc. However, at WatchProphecyClub.com, you can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's $6,000 worth of information at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. What a deal. Click like, share, and subscribe.